Welcome to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. We are delighted that you are here because this is for you. We do this to help you find and live your purpose, the good purpose that's uniquely yours. Because when you find it, everything starts to just fall into place. You're happier, you're more peaceful, you have better relationships with good people. It is remarkable what happens when you are living in the sweet middle of your purpose, the purpose that you've been perfectly matched to live. The great news is you're in the right place to find it. So let's get started. Okay, you know, Jenny, I always start by saying, well, Jenny, we should like, I'm like, we're not talking to anybody else. Like, like it's just you and I talking. And uh, just, you know, people are listening in, I should probably speak directly to our viewers. But it's but you and I are just sitting here talking. So I just feel like that's the most genuine thing. So Jenny, uh, we've talked you and I have talked about this a lot. And I think it's time that we talk to everybody else who's here listening uh, about how it's such a purpose stealer and a joy stealer, a kill joy, let's put it that way, to compare ourselves to anybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Rhonda, it's just crazy. And again, I hope we have uh, male and female listeners, but I know for sure with women especially, and men to some degree too, but because I'm a woman, I can relate to that specifically. But when I think about comparison, that literally starts in childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that girl has longer hair than me. I mean, it can be the, all of these kinds of things. You know, she's faster runner than me. Of course, I'm talking about all the things that I was comparing with my little girlfriends, you know, from age eight, literally, if she can run faster than me, her hair's longer than me, she's prettier than me, more people talk to her than me. And, and so it's like this whole, almost, um, what would I say, a culture that we create in our own mind, a comparison culture, not only do we live in one, and you and I will visit about that, I'm sure, about how culture puts us in this place of comparing ourselves. But I think we develop that culture in our own little minds, even when we're young. You know, we're in the classroom and it's, she's a better math student than I am. She's a better, you know, so we we begin our lives, even from a very young age, doing comparison when we may not even realize it. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about, I mean, I wasn't raised with Siblings, so I don't really know, but you've talked about it. I've seen it with lots of friends, and and uh, and my uh, the big giant Italian family I'm married into. How where there's multiple siblings, I think I don't think parents actually mean to do this, but it just kind of happens. Where you know somebody makes a comment like, "Oh, you know, he's the fast, he's the best football player, he's the big, best athlete. This one is the best singer ever." You know, like you think you're complimenting one of the kids and building that one up and maybe not realizing that the other siblings who are right there are hearing from the time the words leave the mouth and get into their ear, it's and you're not the fastest and the best and the smartest and the best singer and the whatever fill in the blank. And so you this this stuff starts, whoa, you know, way back. Like for some of us, it starts before we even have words to explain what it is that is 
the the issue and and the issue comes down to a sense of inferiority so then inferiority leads to insecurity right and insecurity holds us back right from moving toward our purpose from finding our purpose and fulfilling our purpose because if the people in charge whether they're parents or it's the babysitter it's an extended family member it's a teacher at school whatever it is but it's somebody in authority who says you aren't very good at this whatever this is the implication is not that you know what you're probably amazing at something else right the implication is you're just not good enough like full stop you're not good enough and what's so sad is then a lot of people will spend their whole life striving uh some of them it's going to school get another degree and another degree and keep going and keep or or like like in my case it was work and um you know trying to do really well and then start my own business and trying to grow it like crazy and nothing was ever good enough no accomplishment was ever you know it was like there was never a time that i would achieve something and go woo all right that's great like i never patted myself on the back i never could breathe long enough finishing one goal it was like what's next what's next what's coming got to do more got to do more and so this is what happens no matter what it is if we don't think we're enough if we look at ourselves as flawed then we're it's like we're looking east when our purpose is west <laughs> right yeah. our purpose might be right there in front of us but we're we're over here you know striving to be as pretty as our sister or cousin or neighbor or girlfriend or whatever or as athletic as this one or that one or as talented as somebody else instead of just looking at okay here's what i'm really good at and it doesn't make a hill of beans difference whether you think so or anybody else thinks so if we just figure out what we're really good at and then be in that lane and stay in that lane life is so much better right right it is so much better and what you said is really the direction we want to go Rhonda with everybody that's listening is how does comparison keep us from our purpose so like i'm thinking to myself you know we've talked about where this happens at home it happens at school it happens whatever the environment is and a lot of times some of the things we compare ourselves to we can't change in the first place I mean, we can change our nail color, but we literally can't change sometimes how fast we run because we can only run so fast. So it's funny how it's not funny, but it is comical a little bit about how we compare ourselves to things that we may not be able to change anyway. So that's interesting. But before we get to our purpose, which you laid the groundwork so beautifully for talking about our purpose, I want to just visit between you and I and our listeners and hopefully what we share will be relatable to the people listening. I'm thinking about what has comparison ever done for me? Now, I mean, literally to look at someone and say, wow, she is really dynamic and stunning and she's so capable. It's one thing to admire. I don't think it's a bad thing to necessarily admire someone for their qualities or their accomplishments or what they've done or how they've made a difference in the world. 
But when we start trying to sort of align ourselves with their purpose, and we would never admit that we're actually doing it, but we are when we start to compare, oh, maybe I should go, like you said, get another degree because she's got that. So then I'm, I mean, there we go. We're, we're kind of getting in a lane where there's already a car in the lane and it's something that we can't change. So when I think about comparison, what does it take from us? So for me, I think it really goes from inadequacy, like you mentioned, to it's taking our happiness and, and joy away from what we, you know, our eyes kind of go off on off of what we can potentially do to what we can't. So it's really stealing our joy. It's bringing in this mindset of, and mindsets can be taken way too far and whatever, but this mindset of kind of this, like you said, inadequacy, and I'm losing my joy in the prospect of what's ahead in terms of my purpose. So I think joy is one thing that it really steals mm-hmm. and, and, it, it takes away some of the happiness, you know, the happiness that we can feel and the excitement that we can feel about our future purpose. Oh, yeah. You know, when you said, like, what has comparison ever done for you? I immediately thought, oh, I can tell you, it's made me jealous. Yeah. It's made me envious of other people. It's made me feel like other people have everything I don't have. And so, you know, nothing good at least for me, nothing good has ever come from, you know, me trying to compare myself to somebody else. I have to kind of put the caveat in here, though, that because I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, you're an educator. And, you know, if if you have, if you have kids who they're in the classroom, and they need to be doing their best, I mean, you don't want somebody to go, I'm just not good at this. So I'm just not going to do it. You know, there we the flip side to this coin, I'll use myself as an example that I'm, I'm just not great at accounting, not great at never like, you know, just, just not good. It's doesn't, none of it comes naturally to me. So it's a real effort. And I have to have like three cups of coffee, total quiet has to be first thing in the morning. All the planets have to be aligned, you know, for me to actually focus and pay attention and do the accounting. But we live in this world where money is necessary, you know, turns out like you have to pay the light bill or they will shut it off. (laughs) So I can't just say, I'm not good at it. I'm just not going to do it. I have to do it. So we, I would just sort of like the caveat to this whole thing is wherever we really aren't great, uh, instead of beating ourselves up over it, if it's something like keeping your checkbook and paying your bills that has to be done. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to do it. You have to know where your money is, what your money's doing. Uh, And, you know, I I have written an awful lot about uh, (laughs) making our money work for us in my book, Succeed Because of What You've Been Through. So I won't go off into all of that right now. But the bottom line is that we have to learn enough about something to be able to do what we have to do. Right. What I do know is it would be a total waste of all of my gifts and talents and abilities that do not involve details at all, don't involve numbers at all. It would be a total waste of all the gifts and talents that I have if I decided that I was going to go 
try to, I'm going to go get a degree in accounting and I'm going to go see if I can pass my CPA test. And I'm going to go see if I can, because, you know, I have to do that because my best friend does that. And I feel like such a stupid loser because I'm not, you know, no, mm -mm, knock it off. Learn how to do what you have to do so that that stuff doesn't hold you back from your purpose, right? Because like if I didn't pay the bills, the electricity would get shut off. So I wouldn't be able to power up the computer. So I wouldn't be able to sit down and write a blog, create an online course, write my next book. See what I'm saying? Right. I have to pay that bill. I have to do what I have to do to get that stuff out of the pathway toward my purpose. Right. And, and in acknowledging when we're not good at stuff, you know what? I think it's freeing because we can then turn to the people in our lives who are complete brainiacs in their in those areas or they're the most masterful uh talented musician or athlete or whatever it is that they're good at that we're not good at and when we go ahead and go you know what that's just not my deal then we can say but you are amazing and and there's no envy. There's no jealousy. We can recognize and celebrate what's spectacular about other people when we're not worried about trying to be them. Right. Right. It's exhausting. It really is. And I understand what you're saying. I mean, we really do have to do some tasks that maybe we're not the best at that just to keep our, our house afloat, you know, that kind of thing. I totally agree. But another thing that I think can happen is I know this has happened with me when I have compared myself to someone, I lose my determination. Mm -hmm. I lose my drive to keep going because I feel kind of paralyzed by this comparison that I'm making. Because if my mind starts ruminating on, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be able to do anything. When we say these things, our drive, our desire, you know, our determination can diminish. Doesn't mean that it stops, but it could be diminished by comparing. Well, I'm never going to be like them. So what's the point? You know, I'm not, I'm not that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not able to go to that college. So what's the point of going at all? So then we take this blanket thing of, of going to college or what I'm just giving an example because I can't go to this one. Why am I going at all? So then my determination and my drive goes down because I'm comparing myself to where someone else went or what they did or whatever. And so, I mean, I think there's joy and there's our determination there's all kinds of things that comparison steals oh and that's just the bottom line we could go on for an hour about all the things but in thinking about this topic that really can be something that can get in the way you know what you just reminded me of jenny is i remember reading about the story of um when coca-cola was first invented and how it was invented in a it was actually in a pharmacy and, um, you know, mixed up and, you know, formulated and whatnot. Well, it was the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I think Coca-Cola still outsells Pepsi and everything else. Okay. And Coca-Cola, of course, is this, you know, massive worldwide company and whatever. So along came Pepsi and Pepsi tried to compete with Coca-Cola and came into the market and so on. Well, Pepsi's great. I'm not trying to slam Pepsi. But when you look at when when a product comes out and it's the first one, it's it's its own category. It creates its own category. 
And a hundred years later, every other, if you think about going back to Pepsi and RC Cola, and I don't even remember all the different ones that tried to, you know, pop up and compete with Coca-Cola because many of the names I can't remember because Jenny, they no longer exist because, or they were absorbed into the Coca-Cola brand or, or the Pepsi or whatever. Pepsi still, you know, they do very well or whatever, but they carved out their own, you know, they uh, created their own branding and whatnot. But as long as they were trying to basically be Coca-Cola, they didn't do well. And so the point here is you are unique of the seven plus billion people in the world. You're your own brand. If, if we could just put it that way, you're like the Coca-Cola, you're the first, you're the only. And if, if we could just all of us be okay with that, instead of trying to be what videos, commercials, TV show, media, whatever, you know, we see people that have this certain body shape or they have this popularity or they seem to have a lot of money. And I say seem to have because, uh, you know, <laughs> there's credit. There's a there's a lot of stuff that's fake that they it looks like they have it and it's really not there. So let's not fall for that. But if we will be the best we can possibly be, we are our own brand. And the the challenge is, I've had I've had people say this to me before. Well, you know, I don't want to be the best fill in. I'm thinking about one conversation I had uh, with with a man who said, I don't want to be the best janitor, and I I want to go do something else. Okay, go if you feel called to go learn how to do something, go into a different field and go go fine. But on the other hand. If you feel called to being the janitor and that gives you an opportunity to fulfill your purpose, that's okay. That's good. The the idea of our culture saying that some jobs are on the, you know, this rung of the ladder and then all the way up at the top of the ladder is the CEO of the company. And the, the idea created by that kind of language is that this bottom rung here, ooh, that's bad. That's not good. Don't stay there. The idea is to go all the way to the top. You know what? Being a CEO of a company is not for everyone. And I can say that because I've been the entry-level person and I've been the CEO. And I'll tell you, the skill set for being a CEO, I didn't have it. I wasn't great at it. It turned out that because I owned the company and I was responsible for these things and so on and so forth, yeah, I had this title and I had the corner office and all of that stuff. I owned the building I was in. But if you look at the things that I had to do, there were a lot of things involved in that work that were not my gifting and I was not good at them. And so I, I can say just from experience, there's so much more peace and joy wherever we're supposed to be. And I can say that now because I'm now where exactly where I'm supposed to be in life, doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life. And I no longer have the headaches. I no longer have the stomach aches. I'm talking about literal physical issues. 
I no longer have all of that because I'm not trying really hard to be something I'm not because I no longer buy into this notion that you have to make a lot of money and you have to be able to have a new car every two years or, you know, whatever it is, live a certain place, wear a certain kind of shoes, all of that stuff. That is fake, phony, manufactured nonsense that we use to measure ourselves in this culture, not you and I, Jenny, but in but generally speaking in this culture and which is, it permeates the media. So you can't really turn any electronics on without seeing some advertisements for something. And the message for the advertisement is always, if you want to have a great life, you need my, you need this, this product or whatever. Come on. Right. If, if we can just be happy with ourselves and whatever it is that we do well, and for the for the janitor who loves it, loves being able to cheer people up, loves being able to have access to people, you know, in their offices that maybe he wouldn't interact with, that that person can shine light and and or pray with somebody or whatever uh, and go home at night and not have to take it all with him and maybe actually enjoy his life after he leaves work, you know, instead of the CEO who's working a hundred hours a week and uh, trying not to die of a heart attack, you know, at an early age. Right. You know, and, and the thing is Rhonda, it's easier to run downhill than it is uphill. Ooh. And I think when we're comparing, we're running uphill and not that running uphills isn't good for you because it is good for your cardio, but it's hard. You know, and of course, when you run downhill, you don't want to fall. But I'm just figuratively saying when you're running uphill, it's hard. So when you're in that space of comparing the effort that you're making to compare yourself and go to the place where you weren't destined to go, it's uphill. It is just uphill, uphill. And that's so perfectly leads us where we want to land is when you're in your purpose. It's a, It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's going to be a lot easier than going in a direction of comparison where you're not supposed to go to be somebody else instead of being what you were created to be. And you and I say that all the time. When you're in your purpose, there's an ease. It's not that uphill. I'm not saying you're not going to have challenges, but it's never going to be as uphill as it is when we try to fulfill someone else's purpose instead of our own. There's a life of ease. There's a, there's, you know, things just begin to fall in place. And at the end of the day, you know, in your own soul, I am where I need and want to be. Yes. Love it. We don't get burned out. We're not scratching and clawing and all of that. And I think we really need to think about that as people. Because whatever we talk about, Rhonda, on our podcast, we've done and or are doing all the time in our own lives. That's it. I, exactly right. I, I just think I want to add one thing to that, that, you know, to have determination and persistence to work hard, to strive, to, to find and then fulfill, to live out your purpose. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're in your lane and you're determined and striving, and but you'll do it joyfully and peacefully. And like you said, you won't burn out. If you're in somebody else's lane <laughs> and you're striving and you're working hard, and you're determined, you're going to do that until the day you die. There's never a, a coasting because if you're working hard to get something that you weren't made for, to live a life that you weren't made to live, 
you will have to work that hard and strive that hard to keep it. You might get it, but you'll have to work just as hard to keep it. That's, to, to use your analogy, Jenny, that's that running uphill forever. But if you're in your purpose and you're striving and you're determined and you're willing to do the work, you will eventually get to that place where you you plateau, you're there. And then you're just moving forward. And we know that because we've gone around the sun enough times that we, we're there, we're doing it. And And when you're there and you're living it, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And, but there's not striving and there's not angst and it's, uh, there's a peace that really does pass all human understanding. So we, we want you who are listening, we want you to have it. That's the point of all this. So we want you to, if you've missed any of the other clues, we want you to go back and listen to those clues. We have, there's more clues ahead, but in this process, be very, very careful not to compare yourself to anybody else because you are unique in all the world, in all of human history. And that's a beautiful thing. There is no feeling worse than being rejected, but there's nothing more empowering than loving others and being loved in return. People who feel love know that their value is not diminished by setbacks or mistakes. But how do you get love? It's not hocus pocus. There are 30 practical ways that you can bring love into your life. And when you do, everything changes. I hope you'll get a copy of 30 Days to Love. Hey, you. Yes, you. I think you're awesome. And if you're not sure about that, then I want you to have a copy of my book, How to Get to Awesome, 101 Ways to Find Your Best Self. I want you to have it so badly that right now I have it offered on my website with free shipping for half off. It is only $6.48. Go to Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G, click on books and get yourself a copy of How to Get to Awesome. Thanks for joining us at the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. Listen, we do this for you. It's all about helping you live the purpose that you were born to live. Because when you do that, you get the peace and joy and good relationships that you strive to have. This is real success. So we hope that you'll share this with a friend, subscribe, and come back and see us next week. And we would love to hear from you. Go to findyourpurposenow.org.